Welcome to the Experience Life Podcast, where we are learning to escape our comfort zone and get out of our own way from holding ourselves back from the lives we know we are made for. My name is Sarah, and I'm a mom who is infatuated with personal growth. Join me on this journey to experience life through all of life's experiences. What's up, girl? Welcome to today's show. I am so excited for today because this is the first interview on the Experience Life podcast. And I am so stoked to kick these interviews off with a very special guest that I chose for us today. In a moment, I'm going to welcome a friend of mine who inspires me on the regular. But first, you need to know a few things about this gem of a human being, Megan Blinka. Megan is a wife and a mom of two adorable kiddos living in Pennsylvania. Megan is a former CPA, a certified personal accountant, turned into a stay-at-home mom, then turned into a work-at-home mom. And I know many of us are experiencing being a work-at-home mom for the first time in real time. Hello, 2020 year of the curveball. But this is something that Megan has been managing for six and a half years now after she left her job as a certified personal accountant to be that stay-at-home mom. She is the founder of her company, OneFitFam, where she is a lifestyle coach specializing in health and fitness. She has helped thousands of women love themselves again and shatter their goals. Megan is a seven-star elite leader in her coaching business, and she is here to tell us how she transformed her health, her happiness, and her life after the nagging feeling of being unfulfilled and feeling like she was capable of more. On a side note, in pure 2020 fashion, while I was interviewing Megan, I was experiencing some connection issues. My power had gone out twice thanks to the severe winds here in New England last week, and my Wi-Fi was inconsistently connected. So the very first part of this interview was cut off where I was welcoming Megan to the show and asking her why it was so important for her to, to her to make an appearance here on our show and continue to spread the message that she is so passionate about. So it was just the fluff. It was not the bones or the juice of this interview. You are still going to get all of that. Um, so when you first hear Megan's voice come on, it is not the way I intended you to hear it, but you will hear her answering that question of why it's important to her to spread the message that her and I are passionate about teaching and sharing to like-minded women and reaching more people. So that's what she's going to be answering when you hear her voice. There are a few glitches in the middle of the interview. Please stick with us and be patient. It is so worth it. I would have gone back and recorded that part again with Megan, and I know she was willing. She told me she was willing, but she had an unexpected surgery the very next day in the morning after I had interviewed her, and she has been recuperating all week. Um, she is doing well, and she'd love to hear from you, um, your takeaways from this. Um, but just so you know, that's what's coming down the line. So please welcome Megan Blanca. And the messages that we have, and it gives you a platform to share with people all over the world. And I love that about you. I love the message that you've been sharing already through your prior episodes. And I think it's just such an honor to be able to be one of the people who get to sit with you and share just how powerful, you know, health and wellness and mindset and all those things and how they go together and just ripple into a positive life. Thank you, Megan. 
It means so much to me too. And that's what we're all about here on the podcast. And it seems like we're really reaching the ears of who we're trying to reach. So um, just a quick backstory on how I know Megan is we've been Instagram friends for years and we share the same passions, health and fitness, mom life, business owner, busy, crazy schedules. Um, but more recently, Megan has been my personal health and fitness coach and I find her truly inspiring. So I would like her to share um, her tactful tips on how she does what she does. And um, so we're going to dive right in. I have some juicy questions for you. And I know you're ready to share. So, yeah, let's do it. So I've heard you mention before that you watched your coach that you have still today for so long before you started your own health journey. How long did you watch her? And can you explain what you had been feeling, how you may have been living your life and feeling like you were made for more? Absolutely. So it's crazy thing because I have to rewind myself about seven years whenever it all first started. But whenever I first started, you know, social media stalking in the kindest way, my personal, my upline coach, I saw this lifestyle that she was living. I saw how happy she was. I saw how healthy she was. I saw how she was playing with her kids and she was living that life that I was on the outside looking in being like, you know, rolling my eyes, good for you, but at the same time, kind of like envying what she was doing and wanting a piece of that. And I watched her for months on end. At the time, I had actually left my career in, in public accounting. I was a CPA. I had this amazing career that I got to a point when I was pregnant with my second baby that my husband and I were like, you know, it makes sense mentally um, for me to put that kind of chapter behind us. And we closed the books on me being a work outside the home mom and I became a stay at home mom. So I was balancing all this new, you know, these new roles as living, you know, momming these two kids. And I'm watching my coach thinking she can only do it because of this or she can do it because she that. And I was making all these excuses and I used to sit there and I would hold my phone up to my husband on the couch and I'd be like, look at her. Like, look at her doing these backflips with her kids in the yard. And it was done in such a, like, like I said, rolling my eyes as I looked at it and then realizing that I only was watching because I wanted what she had. So after months of kind of watching and rolling those eyes and being like, good for her, I asked myself, why not me? So I reached out to her. She was a prior college um, co-worker of mine. We waitress together. And I didn't really ask a whole lot of questions other than being like, whatever you're doing, I want a piece of that too. So it was kind of that I knew that the state that I was in with this, you know, postpartum trying to figure out how to go from this busy corporate mom to this now stay at home mom to two under two. And that balance didn't transition the way I wanted it to. And I knew my health was taking, you know, the brunt of all of that. So it wasn't even so much of a, I need to lose the weight as I needed to find myself again. I love that. That's so relatable. It makes so much sense. Thank you. You're welcome. So when you started out on your health and fitness journey, what were your biggest personal obstacles and how did you navigate those? The biggest thing was I was never into fitness. So I was a gymnast um, through high school in the sense that one day a week I went to the gym and it became less of a fitness avenue for me as the gym was my happy place. It was a place for me to escape the drama of high school and the drama of home life to be able to just go to this place with an incredible teacher. And I would just 
hang out at the gym. I'd go one night a week. I had one class. It was about an hour a week. And then the other time that I was there, I actually taught the little kids. So I taught kindergarten and preschool gymnastics. And it was more something fun for me than it was a fitness avenue for me. I never exercised on a regular basis through college. I would have those periodic times where I might pop air, you know, pop my, uh, what was it? iPod shuffle. because I didn't know how to technologically put music onto it, but I'd strap that shuffle to my arm and I'd go to the gym and kind of bebop around some equipment, clueless what to actually do. So it'd be like walk on the treadmill, pop a couple machines, and then walk back out the door and go to the Chick-fil-A. So I never had this healthy routine. And when I met my husband, you know, he had the gym membership. He had the P90X DVDs. He had all these (laughs) things. And I remember trying to kind of do that with him. Like, Maybe I can learn this. And I took one DVD of his and I was like, I'm going to just try this one workout. But I didn't, again, I didn't follow a program. I didn't know how to do it all together. And there was a meal plan that came with his P90X DVDs. And I remember being like, that that doesn't matter. Like to me, the meal plan wasn't even relevant. All I needed to do was just exercise. And clearly I should get those before and after pictures that you see um, (laughs) that are shown all over social media now. And that was probably the hardest thing was, you know, kind of getting rid of what I used to do that didn't work and being like, well, what didn't work, you know, didn't work for a reason. So how can I do it differently? And that was where I really dove into doing the programs and following the nutrition plan the way that they were designed. I was the same person and I had an iPod shuffle at the gym. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Yep. And I probably still have it somewhere and I still wouldn't know how to put music on it. <laughs> That's so good. So what would you say are the biggest contributing factors to making a life change such as what you've done for yourself sustainable for somebody else? I think there's two things. One is having that support system. You know, my coach who, you know, initially I was like, I don't need your support. And she pretty much just put me in her group anyways, even though I said I didn't want the help and that I could do it on my own. She gave me everything I didn't even know I needed. You know, it was – not just here's your workouts and here's a nutrition plan and no, go get to work. It was connecting with other people in the group. And I remember there was another girl in the group where we were both nursing our kids at the same time. So it was like, we're both postpartum. We're both nursing. We're both trying to figure out, you know, how to do this whole fitness combined with mommy and interruptions because you didn't sleep last night. And knowing that there were other people who got my struggles, but were going to do it anyways, really helped me. Um, propel forward and realize it doesn't matter if it's perfect every day. It doesn't matter if it's the same every day. Just kind of get up and try. And then the other part of that is really getting rid of this all or nothing mentality that if you can't, you know, get up at five and work out and eat clean all day long, that you need to just throw in the towel. And there was a time where, you know, it was like Monday through Friday, you're all on track and then off the wagon on the weekend and then kind of repeating that cycle where I understood that it doesn't have to be all or nothing and that if you can learn to find the balance, and kind of get rid of this perfection mentality and make it a lifestyle. And that was actually a conversation I had with a client today was on that same basis. This is not meant to be restriction. This is not meant to be deprivation. It's meant to be a long-term thing. And that was it for me. Like when I was like, this is not a 21-day deal, a 30-day deal. This is not a, I'm going to lose five pounds. But this is a, I'm going to create a lifestyle that I'm proud of and I'm proud to show my children. And kind of looking at it in that way, is what's been able to help me stay on the same path for the last almost seven years now. Rather than like yo-yo dieting, you're just making an entire lifestyle out of it. 
And totally. so would you say that the community of your support system played a huge key factor in staying? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think if I, I mean, I tried it before. Like I said, I met my husband. He had P90X. Um, that was like right before, we, you know, that was kind of what he was doing before we got married then. And then he bought Insanity too, which was another set of home workout DVDs that he purchased and sat on a, sat on a shelf collecting dust that we never actually did because we didn't have all the tools. And it's like, you know, I kind of think of different fitness and health and weight loss things that are out there. I feel like they either have fitness, like you get fitness at a gym. You might even get that camaraderie at the gym or you might get, you know, there's other things where you might get nutrition plans and you might get food and you might have support. We don't have the fitness part where I feel like that's what makes us so different is we do combine those three pieces where you're getting fitness, you're getting the, the nutrition, but then you're also getting the accountability. And even though my very first group, I didn't know a soul in there on a personal level, when I would check into that group and be like, I am going to stick to it today, I stuck to it. And even though nobody there knew me, no one knew if I was telling the truth or not, it was that personal accountability that took it to that next level, which is what really made it something that I knew that I wasn't going to give up on. And that was building self-confidence for yourself because you were telling yourself you were going to do something and then you were actually producing those results. Absolutely. Totally. And it's like, right. you know, now I look back and it's like, it seems so simple. Like, why did I, you know, why did it take so long to get to that point? But you know, that, what was it? It was that combination, fitness, nutrition, support. Absolutely. The lifestyle. Yes. So in your experience with yourself and your clients, do you feel that an at-home workout is more sustainable and effective for the long haul than a gym workout because you're doing it out of your house and everything that goes along with that? With so the community? I would say, you know, by all means, I have nothing against gym fitness. Like if that's what works for you, the, at the end of the day, do what's going to work for you. Like if right. your gym is great, so be it. But for me, that wasn't going to be sustainable for me. It wasn't ideal to think that, you know, when my kids were super little, that I was going to be able to get them up and get them out of the house or had it, you know, we didn't have any family nearby. Nobody was going to watch my kids for me to go to the gym. Um, you know, we didn't have a gym nearby that had childcare with it. So for me, it just wasn't realistic for me to be able to commit to a gym routine um, without, with the way my life was with my kids and how young they were. I found that being able to work out in my home, it did, it gave guard of all the limitations, all the excuses. You know, there was no more, I don't have time or I can't find the time. I can tell you, I had done workouts with a toddler on my hip or, you know, stopping to nurse a baby halfway through, changing the diapers, picking up the toys, breaking up the fights, getting up, you know, if they have a nightmare in the middle of the, you know, more early morning, whatever it is. I've done it all times a day, but there's not the excuse that I can't. Where I feel like that's what often happens is that, you know, people who get into a routine, like I talked to a girl the other day who was, you know, super excited about getting back to the gym and then their gym shut down, which yeah. I love 2020 relying on the gym right now just isn't necessarily something we can do. And we saw right. that in March when everything began to shut down and a lot of people started coming to the home fitness route and it was like, okay, well I can't do that. And you know, this is what I've been doing. This is the only thing I've been doing. You know, I've never actually stuck to a gym routine. So to me, this gives you everything you need. You do not need a ton of equipment. We have so many different options, no matter which fitness level you're at, no matter what, how much space you have, um, it's really at the end of the day, what you're going to do consistently, whether it's at a gym or in your house. And I think that so many times people look at it as like a one size fits all, but you really can always make it work. And I know you do this a lot and I do this a lot where 
There's times that I will get in 20 minutes and then I have to stop because a kid needs something or maybe the this morning I lost power when I was running and then my kids ended up being present for the rest of my workout, but it didn't stop me from finishing. Exactly. So when like it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to keep going. And even though my kids are older now, like I don't have those same limitations that I had when, you know, I had a nursing baby and a toddler who refused to nap with me. They're older, but now they get to see me. Like my kids know that I work out in the morning and if they wake up early, they're like, Oh gosh, mom didn't get her me time in. Like, and they know, like, yeah. go ahead and do your workout, mom. Like they're not, they're, they've grown accustomed to what my morning routine looks like. And if they're going to, for whatever reason, get up at some really early time and I haven't worked out yet, they get it. They don't expect me to be, you know, waiting on them hand and foot. Like they'll stand, you know, they'll fend for themselves until I get my workout in because they understand how important that is to me. Absolutely. And we've kind of molded them that way that they just don't know anything else. Yeah. So they sure. do it. That's awesome. So you have a pretty impressive support system and community, which we just already mentioned, of women that surrounds you. Can you tell us how this community of women has helped you stay on track and accountable? How has it added value to your journey? I know you touched on this already, but just like a long, not even just getting started, but even now. like Yeah, you know, I feel like there's so much – you know, even I grew up this way thinking like girls are mean and girls aren't welcoming and girls can be catty. And, you know, I had my, my small group of friends in high school, but to be honest, I never tried to branch out beyond that. You know, I had a small group of friends that, you know, we were together as I entered into the professional working career life. And those are the people who we hung out with. And there was just never any desire to make new friends. I saw that there was no point in that. Like why would I have works? <laughs> and what I found with, this business and the accountability group. Like it's crazy now, but I could like, see the picture that's sitting on my desk right now. There's a girl who I went on vacation with this last year who we connected in that very first virtual accountability group that I joined six and a half years ago. We were both moms, both working on our postpartum babies. You know, I knew who she was. We were never friends. We never, you know, talked really before. And we connected in that first group. We began working the business together. We stayed connected. And, you know, years later, our families have become great friends. I'm her daughter's godmother. And it all started from a challenge group where I saw something on Facebook. Like, it's crazy to me how, you know, there are so many women, even just sitting here talking to you. Like, I feel like we are the same person in so many ways. And if it wasn't for sharing health and fitness through social media, we would have never connected. And if I would have had that same mentality of like, I have what I need and I don't need to expand my circle and these people are, you know, this is all I, that's all I need in life, then I would have met so many amazing women. And that's what I think I've found that the women who are going to clap for you and cheer you on, like those are the women you want in your circle. And that's what I've been able to find through this business, through social media and sharing what I do. And it feels, it fills your heart in every avenue of life. And I didn't realize the same thing. Like, and you think like, well, I live in a really small town, so it's hard to like make new friends. And the friends I do have, I've had for a really long time. But now I have like all these communities of women out there and it just, it makes life so much better, your quality of life. So yeah, I agree. Um, so you're passionate about physical and physical health and nutrition, but I've known you well enough to know that you also believe in mental and emotional health. Can you share with us what you do on a regular basis to support your emotional well-being? Absolutely. That's something I honestly, it's something I have to consciously work at all the time. Yeah. You know, I am an Enneagram 3, a pretty strong Enneagram 3, which means I actually thrive on working. I love to work. I love to see results. I love to push myself. And 
about a year and a half into my business, I actually got mono, which I was like, I feel like this is supposed to happen to high school kids. Why am I as like this grown 30 something year old woman getting mono? And I realized I just worked myself too hard. Yeah. I was, you know, too much sleep or not enough sleep, too much work. And I got to a point where when my body shut down and I physically was no longer able to exercise and do the things that I love to do, it really made me realize that my self-care was put on the back burner. So it was about five years ago where I really started valuing more my sleep. You know, what I surround myself with, this goes along with what you're talking about with your community and the positive women, like that energy rippled into all parts of your day, not just like the immediate time that you're spending with people. Like I've become very protective of my personal energy and who I allow into that space because I know that, you know, that part of the mental health is just as important as my physical health. Yeah. So one thing that I have implemented, I'd say I'm probably on maybe like two years of meditation. Um, it was a harder thing for me to adapt to. I had read the book, um, The Miracle Morning. How El How Elrod, I want to say, um, the Miracle Morning book, where he talks about positive affirmations, meditations, exercise. You know, he has these these things that you do each day, and that was kind of like my first intro to meditation. I was good on journaling, I was good on affirmations, I was good on my workout, but the meditation part was one that took me a little bit longer, and I started doing it actually with my daughter. Um, we started doing it together, and it's something that I've adapted, and it's, that is how I start every day now, is with a 10-minute meditation, just to really get my mindset right. Um, I journal, um, I use, it's called the five-minute, five-minute morning? Five-minute five journal. Five-minute journal. The yeah. five-minute, like sitting here on my desk, the five-minute journal. Yeah. Um, and I found that to be really, I've done other ones. You know, I feel like there's, you know, a new one comes out. And I'm like, oh, journal, let me get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit more time-consuming. And, you know, because my intention span is a little bit short, I need something that I can kind of get, get through and without spending too much time that doesn't daunt on me as it's something like I don't want to have to do it. I want to want to do it. So yeah. the five minute journal is the one that just kind of gives you like three things you're grateful for. And I've really found that book to be a good way to set my intentions for the day. So meditation, doing the five minute journal. Um, and then I aim to do like 10 to 15 minutes of personal development every morning. Um, sometimes it's something straight up just for me personally. Sometimes it's more something for me on a business level, but it all goes into mindset. And it's like, if I can start my day with all those things that are going to make my mindset stronger, then it just makes whatever else gets thrown my way, whatever pivot we have to make as the day goes on or curveball that gets hit to us, that I can handle them with so much more ease if I first take that time. And then there's still, by all means, there are days that I sleep in and I don't do those things and I'm snappy and I am, you know, short with my kids. And I know it's all, it's my fault because I need to take that time first thing in the morning to get my mindset right. And that mental health part has become a huge piece to just my overall health and wellness. Absolutely. Now that you've given yourself that gift of doing that every day, then you can recognize that when you're not doing it, what the exactly. outcome and is. My kids see it. Like my daughter has, um, like one of the things I actually got her for my birthday. It's a dream jar where you just kind of like jot down dreams that you have and you put them in this jar. Um, and one, I don't do it daily. Um, it's one of those things that as I start to think about things, I'll kind of take some time and jot things down and throw them in the jar. Or then my daughter made her own dream jar. Aww. Yeah old jar of mine it was just a plastic jar she wrote dream on it mine's like etched all pretty she wrote dream on it tapes it on and took it up to her room with all these she grabbed some of my dream cards and she's like i want a dream jar too so it's 
yes, I want her to eat healthy and I want her to exercise, but I also want her to create the vision of what she wants in her life. She may only be nine, but she's seeing now. And I tell her, like, speak positive. What you speak is what you're going to achieve, what you believe. And I'm telling her that now. And while she might just be like, this is a pretty jar with fun things that I want to do someday. I know that it's like those little things are going to take her so far. Absolutely. And look at what you're teaching her already. When she's older, she'll look back and know that she'll just carry it through life. Right. So I love it. So can you tell us how changing your health and wellness routine in your life helped contribute to alleviating the physical issues that you once struggled with? And I know you've been open and shared this before. Yes. So I was someone who in 21, when I turned 21 in college, I started having some significant digestive issues. Um, I never knew at what point I would be out and about with my friends and get these severe stomach pains where I would have to leave wherever I was um, because the pain was unbearable. And after I graduated from college, um, the very next day I had a colonoscopy, which discovered, I still remember the doctor came out and said to my mom, it's not cancer. And we were like, didn't know that that was even thought of. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm 21, I'm very relatively healthy. And here it was Crohn's disease. And we never had any history in my family, either side of my family with Crohn's disease. And, you know, it was kind of a brand new thing to navigate. And at the time, the, the doctor was like, okay, well, there's, you know, two main things that you'll want to be careful with, you know, no alcohol and no fried foods. And again, I was 21. So telling a 21-year-old fresh out of college, no alcohol was a little bit of a stretch. But more than that, I was actually about to leave for the beach. So two days after that colonoscopy, I packed my bags and moved to the beach with my best friend. And I remember being like, there is no way I'm <laughs> listening to that doctor. Like, he doesn't know who he's talking to. I'm going to be fine. I'm just going to take this medicine three times a day, and it's going to be fine. So four years, it was actually seven years, that was my mentality. I take a pill three times a day to alleviate the symptoms of this disease that I have, and that's just the way life's going to be. And I fully anticipated that I would take this pill three times a day for the rest of my life. And it wasn't until um, I started exercising and eating healthy that I started to see some of the symptoms that still did pop up even with this, you know, high dosage of medicine. My symptoms started to diminish, and I took it, you know, morning, noon, and night. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to stop that midday one. It's probably fine. So then I was taking the morning and night. And then about three months later, I was like, I feel like I can really get lower. So I called my doctor to schedule another colonoscopy. And I stopped taking, I don't remember which one, one of them, to where I was only taking it once a day. So by the time I got to that colonoscopy, I had been on this whole healthy eating exercise lifestyle for about six months and I went in and I was like here's what I did and I kind of took myself off the medicine as I kind of went throughout these last six months and I've been fine and he said to me he's like you know it's so easy for doctors to just prescribe the next medicine to just give a pill to fix the problem he goes in too often we don't look at what else can be done to manage that. He goes, you're not the first person that's come into my office and told me that they've been able to manage their symptoms of some autoimmune disorder by what they're doing to and in their body. So I had the colonoscopy. It still shows. I technically still have Crohn's disease, but I have been med-free now for six years. It was two and for August of 2014 that I had that last colonoscopy, and I've been med-free since. And honestly, it's been like, one of those things that, not that it mattered taking the pill, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be on medication at such a young age. And when I look back and think I used to, it was an expensive medication, I'm like, I have literally saved myself 
thousands of dollars by not taking that pill anymore. And I know that I've invested that money into my health by the healthy choices that I'm making in other foods that allow me to not take that pill every day. So impressive. That's really such an impressive story. And I've heard like stories like that. And it blows my mind every time that you hear somebody so young that is facing just taking medication. And the only advice you were given was don't eat fried foods or drink alcohol. Not like, alcohol, yep. I mean, not offered to like see a nutritionist or like mm. any type of like, you know, life analysis or anything. Just take this pill. Yep, that was the fix. Just take this pill and you should be fine. You know, if it gets where we'll see you in a year. That was always it. We'll see you next year for your next one. And even that, like that I had a, so I had it in 2014 is when I had the colonoscopy. We did another one three years later. So they said, as long as you're good, I won't have to see you until three years, which had previously been annually. And then when I went back in 2017, he's like, you know, if you're still good without medicine after three years, you know, I don't see any change. It's not, it's still there. Like in my colon, it still shows that I have this Crohn's disease. He's like, but it's, if you don't have symptoms, he goes, you don't need to come back to me. And I still remember those things used to cost me thousands of dollars every time I got one of those colonoscopies. So it's just another avenue where it's like, again, people can so quickly say, oh, I can't afford to eat healthy. And in my mind, I'm thinking you can't afford to be sick either. Absolutely. I wasn't sick in a way that like caused a ton of doctor visits, but those annual colonoscopies and the monthly medicines were literally spent. I was spending thousands of dollars a year on that stuff. Absolutely. And now you're eating your food as medicine instead of your medicine. I love that one. Pay the farmer or pay the doctor. That's my favorite. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay, so do you feel that changing your lifestyle affects your energy levels, your productivity, and your general mood? I know you kind of already mentioned this. All, all three of them for sure. And, you know, like I said, by no means am I perfect. There's totally days where, you know, I get off track and I don't eat the way that I know that my body would appreciate it if I did. And I can feel it. I can feel it in the way, you know, I can feel it in my you know, desire to take an afternoon nap or a desire to go have more caffeine later in the evening. Um, I feel it in the way that I am with my kids probably more than anything. I find myself short and just the confidence of my body. Like when you are confident in the way you feel, like nothing can stop you. And I know that, you know, although like I've maintained, if you looked at the grand scheme of things, I've maintained my weight for these six and a half years, but there are totally times where I might be up five or seven or down five or seven, wherever it may be. And the way I feel in each of those scenarios is totally different. And there's nothing like putting on like a great pair of jeans and a cute little top and walking out of the house with my husband with confidence, you know, compared to that like feeling of just being uncomfortable in your skin, which I did live with after having my kids. And I knew that I never wanted to go back to that way. And you probably know before you even step on a scale, like you don't need to feel oh, like absolutely. me. I don't even need to get on a scale. I know when I'm feeling like that and what I have to do to change mm-hmm. it. So the way those jeans fit, there's like the pair of jeans that hug you just right. And right. then you put them on and they no longer hug you just right. Enough, enough said. It's time to do a sugar detox. <laughs> okay. So I know you've had questions from people before about this. Um, and we are so often judged as mothers, working mothers, and we constantly deal with our own mother's guilt on ourselves. How do you feel your lifestyle affects your kids? If you're being honest, do you feel the impact of your demanding work schedule and travel affects your children negatively? Or do you feel this is more of a positive influence in their life and why? I totally can say I've had the mommy guilt and I will also say I definitely think it has a positive effect. You know, I 
did mention I had a prior, my career was in public accounting. So I actually traveled a good bit for my job. And when my daughter was born, I continued that job for the first two years of her life. And when I say I didn't see my daughter, I mean, I didn't see my daughter. Like I literally, if I was lucky, I, I was the one who would drive her to daycare. So I would wake her up with enough time to feed her and get her packed and drop her off at daycare. She was usually the first one dropped off. And then the last person picked up, my husband would pick her up from work. He would bring her home, feed her dinner, get her bath, be ready for bed. And if I was lucky enough to be home by 7 p.m., I might get to read her story, tuck her in, and then repeat it. I worked evenings, I worked weekends, and I really, truly did not see her. So when I left that job, it was all because I wanted to be a more present mom. Like it wasn't about the job as much as I wanted to be home. So when I was adjusting to now, I have this, you know, newborn and this, you know, 21 month old little girl, I found that I was still exhausted and I was not happy with how I felt. So I still didn't feel like I was being the mom that I wanted to be for them. And then there were just other financial constraints that then were weighing on us as that career was no longer part of our lives and that job I was no longer getting paid for that. And the way I felt, although it wasn't that I was working away from them anymore, I just still wasn't happy in my skin. I was stressed with our finances at the time. And when I found this opportunity, it gave me a way to, I had to admit to myself that I actually to provide for our family in a way that allowed me to still be home and raise them. And they understand that. And there are definitely times where I might be rocking motherhood and be failing it on my business. And then there were times I feel like I'm rocking my business and totally dropping the ball on motherhood. But I've learned to ditch the mommy guilt because mommy guilt doesn't, doesn't matter um, in the long scheme of things because I'm still showing her what I am passionate about and following that dream. And I remember having um, a dinner with a girl who had a similar career path as I did. She worked a lot of hours, was very successful, left her career to be home. And I was talking about the mommy guilt. And it was more, I had more mom guilt when I was working my corporate job. And I always felt like I was trying to make up now for things with my daughter that I missed out on. And she said to me very bluntly, she's like, you need to stop it. Like, and this is a girl I actually didn't even know that well. It was like a big group dinner and we were all talking. It's like, you need to stop it right now. Because you dwelling on mom guilt doesn't get you anywhere. Like why, like why do you keep burying that? Like why do you keep like digging it into yourself? Like it doesn't matter anymore, it's over. So take pride in what you're doing now. We were away on a work trip, so I wasn't with my, you know, I wasn't with my kids at the time. And she's like, you know, be proud of the path that you've been on in the life that you're creating for your family. She's like, and stop having mommy guilt. And I was like, oh. really tried to keep that mentality. And like I said, there's times where I'm traveling. Um, obviously this year, not so much, but in 2018 and 2019, we traveled a lot, um, whether it was work things or friend things. And I and my kids know why we do it and we include them on some things. And then we let them know that some things are just for mommy and daddy or some things are for mommy's girl time. And I tell my daughter, I really hope that when you are older, you have girl time too. And when you have kids, you take them places that you've dreamed of, but then you also go away with your husband and then you go with your girlfriend. And that's what I want her to have. Like I want both of them. I say my daughter, but you know, both of my kids to understand it's okay to have a little piece of all the things that bring you joy. Absolutely. Yeah. And so because you're giving this to yourself and you're happy doing the work mom home life that you're doing, it makes you a happier mom. And so Absolutely. your kids are benefiting. It's not negatively affecting them any at all. 
Yeah, and we've been fortunate to find some really great babysitters. Um, we found a girl, and my son was just six months old, and it was the first time I ever left him where he waved goodbye and didn't Aww. actually come crying back to me. And that girl has been a part of our lives for the last six and a half years. And, you know, whether it was a two hour on a Wednesday for me to go get some work done without trying to, you know, mom simultaneously or go away on a date night or whatever it is, you know, finding that's like my biggest tip probably for a mom, find a really great business or business, a really great babysitter because then the kids actually will like beg us to go out. Like they yeah. will ask us to go out for a date night because they love their babysitter so much. So then there's no mom guilt because you're able to get away. Um, whether it's for work or for, you know, couple time or whatever it is and they're actually just as happy to not have you there it's a treat for them as well right exactly. <laughs> i love it that's so good um say so one last question what does healthy mean to you healthy means happy ha happy and confident um i am the girl who loves cookies um, my daughter has become quite the baker lately and she bakes all the time and i never wanted to be the person who has to say Oh, honey, I can't eat that. <laughs> like, I don't want, I want her, I want, you know, to show my children the benefits of, like, you should have vegetables, you know, all day long. And you should, you know, choose this and choose that. Like, I want to show them what a healthy, balanced life is. But healthy, like, balanced even. You know, healthy, happy, balanced all together. Because I don't believe we should be in deprivation. You know, one of the things I yeah. dislike more than anything is when someone, when someone says diet. Because I don't believe, I don't believe in diet. Like I won't even say like what diet are you following? I focus on nutrition because your food is fuel. And I learned that through, you know, the years of dealing with the Crohn's disease and the symptoms that your food is fuel. And if you choose the foods that fuel you best, you'll feel your best. And if you choose something that doesn't, then you won't. But it is, you know, when I am getting my sleep and taking my morning, you know, my morning hour to just invest in my own personal self, it ripples into everything else. I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm more confident. And it's the balance of all, but also not being afraid that when it's birthday cake time, that you enjoy the cake too. And Absolutely. I will tell you the most common thing in my challenge groups, when people talk about this birthday or that, like, I want them to go have the cake and never feel guilty about eating the birthday cake, but be proud that you're making other healthy choices that allow you to enjoy a piece of cake and then get on with your life. I think that one of the hardest things in raising girls, and I'm really starting to experience it now as I'm entering teenage years with my oldest is what does healthy look like? Because so many times they misconstrue it as skinny or a number on a pair of jeans or um, like you said, diet. I've heard my daughter say diet and I'm like, we don't diet, we eat healthy. And the, the deprivation never works. No, it doesn't. And I, I agree with you. You know, my daughter's younger, she's only nine, but still it was like, you know, so-and-so said you have to do this many jumping jacks to burn off a mini Snickers. I said, no, you don't. You eat the Snickers. Right. If you want to eat the Snickers, eat the Snickers. Don't eat 10, right. but don't eat it and then do jumping jacks. And I, you know, preach to them what I preach to my clients and that your fitness should be a celebration of what you can do, not a punishment for something you ate. And that to me is really important, you know, to be active. You know, I'm active. I want my kids to be active. You know, we make healthy choices and we enjoy our treats. And that's kind of the, the lifestyle that I want them to adopt as well. Absolutely. I love looking at it that way, that it's your fuel and you don't look at it as, well, I have to punish myself because I ate this. Yeah. And you end up eating less when you look at it that way. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You do. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us here today. And I hope you'll come back again someday because I think that um, everything you shared with us today is exactly what my listeners are looking for. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask every person that joins us on the podcast to give us your favorite quote. So if you can think of a quote, and it doesn't even have to be your favorite, but one you want to share that I'm going to put in our Experience Life Bible um, that means something to you. Um, I have two. One that's okay. on on mine. This is more from a business standpoint, or even just getting started in your own journey. It's happened, came across on a team call, but it was if you kind of sort of try, you kind of sort of get results. And I feel like so that can good. go in any aspect of life. Like if you're kind of sort of doing anything, then you're going to kind of sort of get out what you're trying to get at. You know, what your effort match your effort effort results match your effort. Um, so that is one. And then what used to get me out of the bed every single morning when I first started, you know, getting up to work out like that whole, like I used to think that waking up at 5 a.m. was insane. Like, <laughs> and then I adopted it myself. But I would tell myself when that alarm went off, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. And today I will do the things others won't so that someday I can have the life other people wish they could have. And to me, again, it can take any any meaning depending on where I was in that stage of life, whether it's to get up and work my business before my little kids pitter patter came down the stairs or to get up and get that exercise in because I know that my future self will thank me for it or just, you know, whatever I want in life, you have to put the work in to get there. So every morning that alarm will go off and I would just repeat, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. And today I'll do the things others won't. So someday I can live the life other people wish they had. So good. So when you don't get up and you lay in bed because everybody does it once in a while, do you regret it? Always. I still do it. Right. Um, I think I always because there are times that my body straight up just needs to sleep. Right. So, like, there are definitely times where, you know, like I will intentionally like that alarm goes off and I'm like, nope, not happening. I need to sleep. Um, but when it's the like if I went to bed at a decent time and just the alarm's going off and I still snooze kind of like for no reason it's like I always regret it later I have learned um like I said it really stemmed from that mono incident when I used to ditch to I ditch sleep like that was the that was my sacrifice and that was my answer to everything I'll just sleep less I can do more if I sleep less um and it mm-hmm. hit me on my health so there are times now where I have to intentionally say like I'm hitting that point and before I go over the edge I have to get more sleep but when I'm just being lazy and just keep hitting snooze because I don't want to crawl out of bed snuggle next to my husband, I always regret it. But I bet you never regret it when you get up and do what you want to do, right? Absolutely. You got it. All right. Thank you so much for coming today. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, of course. So everything's all the same. I kept it super simple. So my name is spelled a little differently. It's Megan, M-A-E-G-A-N, and that's after my grandmother, whose no name is May. Mm-hmm. But my website is MeganBlinka.com. My Instagram is MeganBlinka. And then my Facebook is straight up MeganBlinka. So it's the same name no matter what platform you're looking on, and it's spelled M-A-E-G-A-N, and then Blinka, B-L-I-N-K-A. Awesome. Thank you, Megan, so much. Thank you for having me today. It you're welcome. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening into the Experience Life podcast today. I hope this style of podcast resonated with you and you were able to have some takeaways from the always inspiring Megan Blinka and that you will share them with me and with her. Go follow her on Instagram. She is 
always producing great content and she's so relatable. I will link this in the show notes to her webpage and to her social platforms. Take care, girl, and have a joyful week. And I can't wait to join you back here next week for some more juicy content. Thank you so much for joining me to experience life. If you like this episode, please spread the love and share it with a friend or tag me on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Miss Sarah Jack. That's M-S dot S-A-R-A-H underscore J-A-C. Until next time, enjoy the ride.